All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 158, and we're talking about game five. Drew is not a happy camper. We're going to break down that last play by LeBron and the whole game. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard what up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? <laughs> you know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 158. This is a first for Clips and Drew. This is the earliest podcast we have ever recorded, Drew. Normally, it's it's beers and a cocktail. Now, it's my skinny vanilla latte. It's a little early in the morning. Uh, you have a road trip to go on this afternoon, and, and, and you know, I we have to drop something today after the game last night. I mean, that was such an amazing game. Everything you could have asked for. Jimmy Butler left everything on the floor. LeBron with another phenomenal game. Um, I thought it was interesting to start, though. Um, I, w- I did the virtual watch party again last night on basketballnews.com. Uh, we had Ryan Hollins, uh, Shamika Holtzlaw, which was awesome. I, fan- I fangirled out with her. Um, Eton Thomas, James Posey, Mo Evans. Uh, Rashia Brown, WNBA player. And anyways, we went around the room and everybody, you know, Alex Kennedy asked everybody that, you know, what their take on the game was. And everybody had their Lakers. Shamika had her Laker gear on. Everybody said Lakers. And I, I went against the room and said Miami just for the simple fact that uh, back against the wall, Miami's been playing really good all season with, you know, their back against the wall. And Jimmy came out and said, we're not going home. I thought it was interesting, though. Like they brought the Larry O'Brien trophy out. Just, just in case to show everybody, you know, the Mamba jerseys were being worn and then AD was wearing gold-plated uh, Kobe fives. And I just felt that they were that was a little uh, too much, right? Like, because they were just expecting to win that game. Um, what was your take? Before we get into the final play of the game, what did you think about the, the, whole, the whole thing? I was pretty confident going into that game that the Lakers were going to pull it out. Um, and I, I actually don't mind – the 80 gold plated shoes. I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, the fact that we wore the Mamba jerseys like that all played into, you know, closing it out in that game. And that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted everyone to be geared to end that series and end the season last night in that game. So yeah, that all that stuff beforehand didn't bother me. And I'm surprised that you took Miami. I mean, a couple foul calls go the other way and you, and, and you end up being incorrect. It was a fucking unbelievable game though. That's the, I think the big takeaway for me for this game is we're seeing some pretty high-level basketball here. Um, you know, some – and, and I was talking – so I was watching the game uh, with, with the fellows that I'm going on the trip with. It was cool because we were all kind of just talking a little bit as, as the game was happening and Kona fucking knocked over a glass bottle and shattered everything, like, in the fourth quarter. So I got it – was, it was not the easiest of games, especially the way that it was trending in that fourth. Um, but I think something that came to my realization in the middle of this game is like we're actively watching the peak of Jimmy Butler's career unfold right before us. This is so cool. Like to remove myself as from a Laker fan and just be a fan of basketball in the moment, we're seeing someone realize all of their potential 
right now. And anytime somebody does that, that's always so cool to witness. And I think obviously, of course, when it happens in sports, it's just, it's kind of amazing. But this game honestly came down to a, a pretty crazy fourth quarter. Uh, there were 16 lead changes in this game. It was just back and forth. Miami, obviously, the first quarter, I, I almost I almost had a heart attack when Anthony Davis Bro, first he, quarter, he does bro. one every like game. He reached for it. Every game, Drew, he goes down with some uh, cat- catastrophic injury, and then he's right back, right? Like, what? The, what is this? Compton said that, too, uh, Jeff Compton. <laughs> He, he, he immediately was like, he's going to be fine. And I'm sitting there, like, literally, my mouth is open. Like, my eyes, I didn't blink. I was just like, no, this isn't happening. Like, right. not now. Not in the first quarter of this game. Right. And you're right, though. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I mean, I, maybe he has a very low tolerance of, thre- like, a pain threshold. And so it just, like, really hurts when it happens. And then he can get over it later. I don't know what it is. But you're absolutely right. Like, every game, he turns an ankle, and it's like, fuck, did he just break his leg? Uh, and then, of course, on this, apparently he's been having this nagging, bruised heel for a while. Um, and when you watch the replay, the only thing that happens is I think it was Duncan Robinson was right behind him and his right heel just kind of hits Robinson on the kneecap. And it doesn't look like like a lot of contact. And, and then I think that's the reason why I thought it was an Achilles, because there was like no contact. And, and anytime someone reaches for that area of their leg and there's typically no sort of contact, it's like, uh oh, it's just it's a flashback to last finals with Kevin Durant tearing his ACL and mm-hmm. tearing his Achilles. When that happened, I was like, OK, LeBron's going to take over in that game. 40 points. Unbelievable. Um, his three point shooting was out of this world. He was, doing, world. he was doing everything right, honestly. And, and we'll, we'll get into the last play because there is definitely some stuff to be talked about that last drive and, or the last possession, rather, for the Lakers. But uh, his performance overall was, was amazing. I mean, that's exactly what we needed out of him in that game. And, and he, you know, dropping 40 points and I think it was like 12 or 13 rebounds, seven assists, six threes, like probably shouldn't have lost that game. <laughs> we have great performances. AD still came back. At 28 and 12, and a huge bucket at the end of the game off a rebound. Um, but we could not make up for what Duncan Robinson gave the Heat in that game, in the second half especially. That kid was lights out from three. Uh, he was playing pretty good basketball overall as far as defense is concerned. Um, and, of course, Jimmy, as I mentioned, is, is, is special right now. I thought Duncan was amazing. That's what we kind of have grown to expect from Duncan is these three-pointers. That and one, I think it was Danny Green that got him too. That and one three at the end there was a huge bucket for him. But Oh, it was Kuzma. Oh, it was Kuzma. Okay. Uh, but I, I was saying that I thought Nunn's 14 off the bench was what was the key to that, the X factor in that game, because they needed those points from him. And they've kind of been looking for that guy since Goran's been down. You know, Olenek was great one game. Nunn's kind of been non-existent. And then with the, with these 14 that he had, I thought it was huge. And he, and he hit a couple really big shots. I don't think the whole game comes down to one play. I think that uh, Miami is very good at capitalizing off defensive mistakes. And there was a lot of defensive mistakes on the Lakers, uh, you know, uh, not switching, you know, heads turned, guys cutting. I think there was a few things. And Miami is just really good at getting points off of those kind of plays. But to what you were saying about Jimmy Butler, we're seeing him just become a superstar in front of our eyes. And Ryan Hollins came in last night, and that was kind of like one of the first questions he asked. He said, is Jimmy Butler a superstar or a star? 
And until I think he, he's definitely on the verge, and I said he's a star. This is the game, though, that turns you into a superstar, okay? And just the will to win from this guy is so phenomenal. And being able – I said before the game that in order for Miami to win, we're, he's, the, the Heat are going to need another 40-point game from Jimmy. And he's not normally the back-to-back 40 guy. We said that on the other pod. But back against the wall, he can play with the best players in the NBA on both ends of the floor. And it just seemed – and he could do it – that step away – you know, the fadeaway he's got, the, the the constantly going in for offensive rebounds, that put back and one with the hand on the face, and just the 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 picture of him just exhausted with three minutes to go in the game just goes to show you that this guy put everything on the floor. And afterwards, after the press conference, he could barely get off the stage. He was so tired. And that's what you want to see from, from your, from your leader, you know, and just the whole Miami heat team has bought in, but back to the, I think it comes down to this last play. Cause the, the last two minutes was going back and forth. KCP had a really great game too, um, which is what you wanted. Uh, my takeaway from the last play was I thought it was the right play for LeBron to do. I mean, I understand he had he had a, a great game. He was getting everything he wanted, but he drew four players on him on that final play. And he if he tried to put up a shot, Jimmy was right there to bust that shit up. If anything, Miami was wrong defensively leaving Danny Danny Green wide open. Um and I think that's the shot you want. Our boy Dom uh who's adamant that LeBron fucked up and whatnot was saying that Danny Green is his corner three. He shouldn't be at the top of the key shooting the three-pointer. I thought it was the right play. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. If LeBron takes that shot and, get, and it gets beat up or it's a bad shot and he misses, LeBron takes all the blame on it. I thought it was the right play, even though you only needed two points. What was your take from that? To me, I think the, the more important play was the foul call on Anthony Davis when Jimmy Butler goes to the rack. Uh, AD had just – Put, it, put back the, the rebound to put us up one. Jimmy comes back and just just head down off of a really nice, maybe illegal pick from Jay Crowder, uh, which got us off, you know, d- defensively switched incorrectly. Morris was on the wrong side of that screen. So Jimmy had a wide open lane. And Anthony Davis jumps straight in the air. And I don't know, you know, we, we, we always talk about refereeing and how difficult it is. But what the fuck are you supposed to do as a defender in that moment? It, it, the NBA officials are essentially saying you have to let him shoot and score a layup or fucking dunk the ball. Because if you jump and make any contact, it's a foul. And there's no – to me, there's, there's no winning for that defensive player. He did exactly everything right. Hands straight up in the air. He jumped and he never came down. Even after the contact, which your body naturally wants to come down, he still stayed straight up. Uh, that, to me, is a no call. Um, and was it Mark Davis? Be... Was it Mark Davis? It's all three of them. I don't care. Like, it was, it was all three refs. Right. I don't give a fuck who, who's baseline, who's on the side. That, all three of them should, should – and only – I mean, only one guy blew the whistle, obviously, is, is the point you're making. Right. But I don't I – don't, I can't remember. I was infuriated. I, it was – my head my, – my hat was on the ground. I threw my hat. It just – Anyway, so that play to me obviously set the tone and the scene for what happened with LeBron. We're down one at this point, and obviously credit to Jimmy for making his free throws. I mean, his free throw percentage has got to be like fucking 98% in the series, so just another unbelievable performance there. LeBron's play, I think, was drawn up incorrectly. 
this is where if I don't know who called it, could have been Vogel, could have been Jason Kidd, could have been one of the assistants, could have been LeBron who called this play. The idea clearly was whoever Duncan Robinson was guarding was going to go set that screen on LeBron. And to be quite honest, that was a mistake because it wasn't, it didn't matter. Like Duncan was always going to trap LeBron. Whoever it was on the screen was always going to trap LeBron. And to me, that means you have to get Anthony Davis involved in that pick and roll. Like why we just let him stand on the block for no reason maybe to get an offensive rebound, it blows my mind. I would rather Anthony Davis take that top of the key three than Danny Green, who hasn't hit a goddamn side of a barn outside of maybe five or six shots in the entire playoffs. Uh, So that, to me, I think was a very big mistake. Now, the play unfolded the way it did. We can't change anything about it. I was frustrated that LeBron didn't force the issue, given the fact that had he just put his head down and tried his best to get to the rack and the fact that they just gave Jimmy a weak-ass foul call on the other end. So to me, I do think LeBron tends to uh, err on the side of, you know, making the right basketball play, but there's something about great players, especially as we talk about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, Allen Iverson, none of those motherfuckers are passing that ball. And that's just the truth. And it may not have been, the, the right basketball play to shoot. But those guys are going to put all of that on their backs and make sure that they take the shot, even if it's terrible. And they miss it. They make it. They're heroes. They're not. Whatever ends up happening happens. But I do understand why people might be frustrated with the fact that LeBron didn't just try. Didn't I mean, try to do it. I'm just saying there's four players on LeBron. I think it, I think it would have been a bad shot if you put it in the ref's hand most likely he's going to the free throw line. Most likely. Now, you turn the tables a little bit. Danny Green hits that shot. You win the championship, and everybody forgets how horrible you've played. You are a hero. You are the guy. You know what I mean? You are in Los Angeles lore for the rest of your life, right? And I know Danny Green probably feels horrible because, you know, Laker fans got to blame somebody, and it's going to be on – we've seen the memes all day. You know, but you, I think you're, I, I just personally think we've, we all know LeBron wants to make the right play instead of forcing the issue. And like Dame said on Twitter last night, Dame's like, yeah, he made the right play, but I'm shooting that motherfucker over everybody. It don't matter. Right. And especially how hot LeBron had been all game. You just need one to tie, get it to overtime. If you got to, because it's obvious that Miami was exhausted. Um, so I think it could go both ways, but I'm, I'm on the side of I think he made the right play. Danny Green was just short. It was crazy because three of us in our chat, David West and um, there's three others that were ahead by like 13. We had to mute David West because this guy was just going crazy. So we were behind. And once that uh, once Danny missed it, James Posey was pissed, just livid. He's like, I would hit that. You have to hit that. Give me the ball. I'm hitting it. So – I understand why people would be frustrated. That was supposed to be your closeout game last night. And now, now it's kind of, now the Lakers kind of backs are against the wall right now. Cause you do not want to go seven with these guys. You don't. Right. Right. I, you know, I still feel real confident moving forward that we're going to win a championship. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident that it's going to happen in game six, mm-hmm. but I am confident that we're going to pull this out. Um, now the, the, the biggest question mark moving forward is Anthony Davis's heel. Obviously, there's a problem there. Because if you flick it and he's reacting like that, that's not good. 
Uh, but he was able to play through it, and I think he played tremendously he uh, through that injury. So, hey, here's a question for you, real quick. Hold on, hold on. Let me. Let me I, I want to. I just want to go back to the to Danny Green because I I I feel bad for Danny Green. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I also feel like I could have hit that shot. Like it's a dead straight, wide open, top of the key. And I think I think it's really unfortunate that he has not found his rhythm in the bubble. Because it, Danny Green last year in Toronto, it, he stripes that. He fucking he nails that shot last season, 2019. In this bubble, and honestly for the entire season really, he has not been the same Danny Green that we saw last year. I, I, and I also think that's another reason why the play was drawn up incorrectly. The screener is almost always going to be open in that situation. And so that's why I think it's really important that that screen come from somebody else. Fucking KCP, who was, like you said, had another great performance, was hitting big shots for us. Hit two in a row, big shots to put us back up, give us our lead in the fourth quarter. I would have loved him to shoot that. And I think he hits that too. Um, Anyway, I I feel bad for Danny Green. It's a shot that he knows that he can make. We all know he can make that shot. Um, And it just, when it left his fingers, I knew knew it was short. You could see it. It was like, that is not going in. Um, oh, did so, you? Th- my question is this though: Did you have a timeout? Because there was two seconds, and then we, we haven't even brought up Markeith Morris's fucking play because that was just—he just looked like a deer in headlights. Didn't know what the hell to do. Did they not know that they had a timeout? Did they not have a timeout? What was the deal with that? I believe we took our last timeout in order to advance the ball to get it to the half court with 16 seconds left. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was the situation. Um, and you got a jacket, Markeith. You got to jack that up because that was a horrible. Well, it's it's situation. This is this is where the intelligence factor um, makes a huge difference in in tight situations like this. And what I, I don't mean like being smart or not. I mean basketball IQ. Like Markeith has to look at the clock when Danny releases the ball, or it's somewhere similar, and go, okay, that there's 12 seconds on the or you know 10 seconds on the clock left. He gets the rebound with seven seconds on it. His idea was correct. Okay. I mean, AD had a really nice position mm-hmm. in the post, and it was laughable. Like, that was the maybe the worst pass I've seen in the playoffs. Like, and the Lakers have been making a lot of bad passes. That's bad, dude. Um, so, yeah, that was terrible. And honestly, you know, um, I would have much rather had him shoot it because Anthony Davis, like we said, had great position. He could have turned around and gave it to Danny Green. LeBron was wide open on the wing. Like he, he did, he just made the worst play that he could have made. But I think the initial idea was, was not, was not terrible. Um, but man, that, I think he's happy that everyone's talking about Danny Green's miss instead of his follow-up ridiculousness that happened. Did you see the, Mah- did you see the, I laughed. I laughed out loud after that happened because I was going to cry if I didn't laugh out did you see the Mahomes meme I posted this morning? So funny. That was Hilarious. I was dying, right? Just fuck it. AD's somewhere down there. I'm just going to jack it. Uh, well, the, I mean, the bright side of this is we get another game on Sunday, right? And uh, everything we've seen from this series has been great. So my question was this, though. Back in that – it was the Denver series where AD hit that three, right? Yep. That, that was. Did LeBron give AD that rock? Was it LeBron that dished it to AD? For no, the I think Rondo – I think was it Rondo? Rondo? Was, it was out of bounds play. Okay. So, yeah, LeBron. Okay, but see, again, like say Danny hits that shot, then we're looking at LeBron like that was that was the perfect play. They win the championship. You know, everything's – he can't win for nothing. He really this, can't. I, 
I think that's important though. I, I, I think the, there's two questions it's, and then they're not the same. The question is, what was the best basketball play? LeBron made that. I don't think anyone can argue that he didn't make the right play. The other question is what do great players do in moments like this? And that's not what they, they tend, they tend not to do that, right? They tend to try and finish or at least get a shot up or at least get to the free throw line or something like that. And LeBron has done that before in his career. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's never forced the issue, right. that he hasn't hit amazing clutch shots and big playoff moments. Like, of course, he's done all of that shit. It's just like it, it seems to me that he's willing to err on the side of making the right basketball play as opposed to just putting it all on his own shoulders and shooting. It, it sucks because he, he's – the credit is never going to go his way. It really – I mean, because he is who he is – most people aren't going to give it like if he takes the shot, he's going to get ridiculed. Like Danny Green was wide open at the top or Morris was open in the corner. So I mean, it's a lose lose for LeBron, but they're just two different questions. I go back to that, uh, that Steve Kerr in the finals jumper. Michael gave him the ball at the top of the key. You know, John what Paxson. I mean? John Paxson say it's it's depending on your teammates. And I just think that's where LeBron is coming from. Like, you know, he sees Danny Green every single day. He trusts Danny Green for whatever reason. He And, and Danny Green is so inconsistent. We've said this the whole season. He's going to have two or three games where he's just horrible, and then he's going to have that 22-point night, you know? And, and I think he's going to have a bounce-back game on the next one. But, I'm not fucking holding my breath for that. I know, I know. I, just bounce back, please. I, I mean, just do something. I don't think LeBron's going to have another – eight for 10 or six for 10, three point game. I don't think that's going to happen again. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how hurt AD is if he's even hurt because heels are, heels are tough, especially for big men. We all know the feet are really tough. Hold on though, because I, I do, I do want to go back to that idea between Paxson and Kerr with, with Jordan. Mm -hmm. The difference is Paxson and Kerr were fucking striping it. They were knocking down shots the whole series and the whole game right? Leading up to those big shot moments. Danny Green was not. That's why, again, like I would have loved for KCP to get that shot. Or fucking Kuzma. I mean, like no. anybody, anybody other than Danny Green. Kuzma's too stupid to know that he's not in a, in a, in a shooting streak, okay? He's right. just going to fire it like he's, like he's got 98 points in this game. But I, anyway, I'll just end it at that. Okay, I'm with that. I'm looking forward to game six. Are you going to be around for game six or are you still going to be on your trip? So game six is Sunday at four thirty. Mm -hmm. um, I will be in Palm Springs, um, playing like hopefully our round will end right before the game starts, and we'll be able to, to all check it out. I won't be back in San Diego until Tuesday. Okay. Um, so, but I'll you know I have my computer. We can we can jump on, and hopefully we'll do a goddamn celebration pod <laughs> for you, baby. Or we'll be Fuck celebrating yeah. game seven. Uh, I'm upset that I'm upset that the Lakers besmirched the Mamba jerseys as well. I have to get that out there. Upset we lost. Okay. Did you, did you I, say I besmirched? I'm, besmirched? I'm, I can. We'd be we'd besmirched the Mamba jerseys. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Hey, check us out on basketballnews.com. We've do, been, been doing these uh, virtual watch parties. They are great. The people that are showing up in the room is awesome. You guys should check us out. Uh, we're going to take them out with Rod Wave. Letter, letter to Houston. This is my, my banger right now. Turn it up. Bang it. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. 
I wrote this song for you, so you should pay attention. I was just staring at the ceiling and got in my feelings. Reminiscing about us fighting, fucking and chilling. Right now I'm riding through Memphis, passing through the city. I'm with my niggas, but I miss you, girl. Don't get it twisted. And I cannot wait till I see you, hug you, and kiss you. Remember when I had first met you, how I used to sweat you. I used to call your phone and text you and tell you you're special. That girl, you're special. You the kind of girl that I need. I Sometimes I can't believe Wonder what your nigga was thinking when he let you leave You try to leave, I might get down on my hands and knees I'm still a G, please believe But girl, you make me weak, you make me feel Something I never felt, the reason I never left A lot of hoes want your position, but they tripping You been with me since the beginning And that's the way I'ma end it But just in case you feel you cannot stay Thank you.